All right. Anyways, let's pray while we're still in the spirit. Lord, we thank you for this awesome time that we have together this weekend. Lord God, we thank you for the faithfulness and the commitment of these people. And Lord God, I just love you. And Lord God, I just ask that whatever you need said, Lord God, will be said. So we thank you in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Gracias, Senor. I appreciate you. Thank you. Let's give it up for Stephen. Stephen did a great job. I'm so proud of Stephen. High five, Dad. High five. Slap hands. Remember when Stephen was a little poor kid off the street? He's a great little kid. Great little kid. See him all nurtured and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so as Pastor Lewis mentioned, my name is Josh Howard. I have the honor and the privilege of uh, serving under Pastor Philip, who you've all got to listen to some incredible stuff this weekend so far, and it's not over yet. So bear with me. I don't, I'm not British. I don't have that honor. I have the, um, but I do have the blessing of being a little darker, so I am proud about that. Anyway, so uh, I have known Pastor Lewis for a very, very long time. As I was telling the first couple classes, um, I knew Pastor Lewis whenever we were young teenagers. I was a little chubby kid skipping down the aisles, and uh, Pastor Lewis and Reuben would always make fun of me, but I would always chase after them, uh, just thinking they were the coolest people in the world, uh, only to realize that they are. So, <laughs> only to realize that they are. So, I am excited to be back. I didn't know I was going to be able to make it back this year up to Connecticut. It's been like every year for like the last three or four years that I've seen you all, so I'm so blessed and honored to be here. But Anyway, again, my name is Josh. I've been a youth pastor going on year six, I believe. So this is year six, a very, very long time uh, to deal with teenagers. Those of you who are parents, I guess I can't even compare with that, but a very, very long time, and I'm honored to do so back at home. Um, So question, raise of hands. How many of you are married? Anybody married in here? Your hot wife is married. Uh, I guess, (laughs) I guess so. Awesome. If you're not married, I was taking looks. I am single, so therefore I was looking at the rest of y'all just to kind of look, just to kind of see. Uh, so I am, I am looking. I am a looking and I'm a liking. So, throwing that out there. Just throwing that net out there. Anyway, so. Gracias, Senor. And I will say my credit is good. Just letting you know right now. Not a stereotype. Not a stereotype. Anyway. So when I think about marriage, uh, I think about my parents. My parents have been married for 39 years this year. Um, I've never seen them fight. I've never seen them argue. I've seen them disagree. Most of the time it's over who has the remotes or what grocery store they're going to. Um, little things like that first world problems that my parents fight about. Um, but I've just been so honored and, and blessed just to sit underneath them for so long, for 27 years, just to see the love that they have for each other. Um, and just, you know, now that my mom's retired, my dad kind of is ready for her to get a job, but, um, beyond that, they just, they love each other so, so, so much. But the biggest thing with them is that what I believe is what keeps their love going besides honestly, their love with Christ is the fact their communication, their communication is crucial to them. And and that's kind of what's kept them going. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So communication, um, when it comes to ministry, sometimes communication takes a back seat, right? We just assume, as you talked about with Pastor Philip earlier, said what happens when you assume things, most of the time you're wrong. So when you assume things, 
you know, you just automatically say, oh, well, that person has it. I don't need to communicate with them. They know my heart. They know what I'm thinking. They know they can read my mind. They know exactly what's going on. But that's a lot of times where things fall through the cracks is with communication. Um, so when you're speaking with a team, you got to pep them up, right? When you go out, when I used to um, play basketball, um, only in the summers because I got tired during, I didn't want to do two weeks of conditioning. Um, so I became a water boy. But... <laughs> Uh, whenever I was playing basketball, when I'm, I coach now, it's one of those things like communication, always hollering out. And I'm the coach who is always talking the entire game. My players get tired of me yelling. I'm like, Hunter, what, the rebound, like, did you miss it? Like, it was just bouncing right back at you. Like, I'm that kind of coach who's always communicating and over-communicating. It's like, oh, don't get the ball. That's fine. Let the other team have it. It's all good. All good. Like, I'm that coach. Um, I will say we got second place last year, and we're probably going to win this year. There we go. All right. Second place out of two. Second place out of three. Out of three. Out of three. Out of three, actually. It's all right, though. We're going to get first this year. We have to. Otherwise, they're running the whole time. But um, no, communication. You have to over-communicate. Uh, and with communication, you know, the Bible talks about there's power, right, in the tongue, and there's life and death. In Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love to talk will have to eat their own words. Power and life and death in the tongue. So what you say can literally just like change someone's life for the good or the bad, which is really crazy to think about. What you say to someone, you know, growing up, my mom always said, when you walk to the doors, you say good morning. You don't just walk into the house and say, where's food? That's second. But you walk in and you say, good morning. And I've never forgotten that. It's like, those are the kinds of things that you say, and those are the kinds of things that build character when you talk and when you say things. And so how you say something can be it. You know, Pastor Philip preached about it last night. You know, if we have one opportunity to reach someone for Christ, one, how crucial and important is it that what we say is important and it's impactful, it's about Christ. You know, we, we don't know who's going to walk through those doors or what they're going to overhear us saying. You know, if, if you're sitting over there joking, saying crazy things, they may overhear you and thinking that every single person is like that. We don't always come to church feeling happy and giddy. We don't. Um, we do not. Let me review that again. You know, we have to get to church at 745 in the morning for band practice. And I am, by nature, not on time for things. And so for me to get there at 745 is really difficult. And then to be happy at 745 is not easy either for two services. But I will say it's like it's one of those things when you open the door and someone's greeting you, all that goes away because you've got to be able to say, Jesus, I love you. And what I'm doing today is for you, whether you're greeting, whether you're singing, whether you're just standing up, clapping and shaking it and saying, no, they don't. No, they won't. Whatever it is. <laughs> right. And singing your woes. You have to give that to God. And you've got to say, Lord, no matter what today, I'm giving this to you and speaking life over things. You've got to speak life. So four T's. I feel like a real like, important pastor when I have like points. So I'm really excited that I have four points today. Really excited. And they're all in T's, all right? So four T's to consider when it comes to communication. Um, I am, by nature, communication background. Graduated with public relations in Spanish, and I'm back in school um, again. And communication is just what I do. Uh, it's what pays the bills, that and 10 other jobs. But it pays the bills. So... Uh, the first T that I have for you is thought, right? So thought or think. So we have to think before we speak, which sounds elementary, 
But how many times do we just talk without thinking? We say the first thing that comes through our minds. You know, I have a lot of things that go through my head, and a lot of times I want to say the wrong things because it's what I immediately think. But you got to think about how is this being presented? What am I going to say? You know, is it like-minded? Is it Christ-minded? Because if it's not, it doesn't need to be said whatsoever. You know, when you talk to my leaders back at home, we don't, I don't tell them when, some, when a student comes up to you, tell them exactly how you feel. No, when a student comes to you with a problem, tell them what the Bible says. Tell them what God says, not about what you say, because we all have our opinions. And we share them sometimes way too much. But when it comes to giving an opinion, it's about God, what God's word says. Even if it, it may not completely gel with what you think, it doesn't matter. It's not about you. And life has never been about you, and it won't be about you because it's about God and doing the will that he has. And so we have to double check to make sure that our heart is rooted in God's word. Amen? Amen. So think. Think before you talk. Think before you post, right? We talked about that earlier. Um, social media thankfully pays my bills right now, but uh, you have to think about what you say when you talk. Um, I work with a political campaign right now, and so we're always doing strategy about what to say and how to say things. And it's so key that our candidates, if they want to win, that they say the right message to the right audience, right? And they have to say it the right way, because if they get up there and say sometimes what they, what they want to say, they won't win, and I like to win. I don't like to lose. So therefore, we have to say, okay, know your audience. You have to think. So think before. Second T, transparency. Transparency. Um, our vision at our youth uh, is three things. When I first started six years ago, I had a manuscript, an epistle of what our vision was, thinking that everyone was going to read it. Um, I didn't after the first two times. And so we came up with three solid things. Have a heart after God, outreach, and being transparent, which equals being hot. So I'd say I like my students to be heart after God, outreach, and transparency. Because no one likes to deal with someone who's fake. There are way too many fake people out there in the world, so we don't need to add to it. You know, when you're open and, and the big word that we don't like to be vulnerable, it kind of just leaves you out there, leaves you open. And as a leader, sometimes you think that you don't have to be vulnerable. You're not supposed to be because they need to see you be strong. But I want to follow someone, and I'm thankful for following someone who is so open and vulnerable. Someone who is saying, I'm not perfect. I never will be. These are my issues. This is what I'm battling with right now. But I serve a God who is going to supersede and just take all of those types of things away. And when you lead and when you serve, you've got to be open. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to be so real that everything falls out, Right? It also doesn't mean that anytime someone asks you how you're doing, you really tell them every single thing that goes on in your life. Because nobody has time for that, first. And secondly, it's not their responsibility to take on that role. Your role as a servant, as a leader, is to say, I am real, as real can be. I am transparent. However, I'm going through issues. That's all right. God's got it. But what I want to be to you is just being honest and being able to relate to you. Uh, Proverbs 27, verse 17 uh, this is God's words translation. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens the wits of another. You know, having that connection with a team, with a group of people is so important because we can't do life alone. We absolutely can't do life alone. The second you try to, you will fail every single time. And so it's important that you get around people who you can be honest and open with and transparent and who will trust that, who you can entrust with them. That way they can build you up. That way when you're going through a downtime, because downtimes do come, 
that they're able to lift you up and say, I got you. You know, just like when Moses was down, they had, I got you. I got your back. You know, any time that I've ever, you know, gone through a tough time and it's like, I don't want to talk to this person, I want to talk to that person. I've been able to dial up a 203 area code and waste my long distance minutes on, on Pastor Lewis and, and just yell at him. And uh, I was telling the class that whenever I get mad, I speak in Spanish and just yell at Pastor Lewis and uh, knowing good and well, he can't understand me, but that's all right. And, uh, and just venting, but I feel open and honest enough to where I can trust him with that and trust Pastor Philip with that and trust people with my heart and with my vision. And that way I can be transparent with no problems. It's going to take, again, losing that pride, but it's so, so important. You know, and with transparency, we have to be honest. You know, again, I just, I don't ask much for my team. I was like, look, give me six months and we'll reevaluate after that. But I just want you to be honest with me. If you can't make it to a Wednesday night service, just let me know beforehand. Just be completely honest. Don't lie saying you got homework. I have homework, so you can deal with it. Um, don't say your dog ate your homework. I don't really care. Don't say you got kid issues. We got a nursery. Like, I just, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to deal with excuses, but you have to be honest. You have to say, look, I, right now I'm just not in the place to where I can minister to somebody else. You know, we get to those points, and that's when we got to take a step back. And again, that's being transparent. Um, back at home down south below the Mason-Dixon, sometimes when we're not so transparent and something doesn't go our way, we just say, you know, bless your heart, you know, bless your heart, bless your heart. You know, if you make a mistake, bless your heart, sweetheart, lover, God loves her, she's precious, right? You know, she's a sweet, sweet thing. You know, if, if you ever get a text from me that says, bless your heart, you know what that means. You tried, you tried, and I, I respect that. You know, but we have to move past the bless your heart, right? We have to move past the, how you doing, brother? And I'm doing, I'm highly rich and blessed and favored. Like, what? Like, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? We have to move beyond that, right? And it doesn't mean that you have to say exactly what's going on. But again, you said, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. I'm doing great. And you move on. And we have to be like that if we want to reach the world. Because the world, they are attracted to realness. And our God is a real God. Never been fake. Third, technology. 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 So, um, technology. So that means, like, a computer. Technology, that's technology. A phone. Social media, right? Social media is a great thing. Social media can be a terrible thing. We referenced that earlier today. Um, I guess we could harp on Facebook a little bit. Facebook... uh, (laughs) I, I enjoyed Facebook from 2005, 2007, before um, parents got on, but uh, just Josh and yeah. But, um, but Facebook is a great platform, right? It's fantastic. You can make money on Facebook. You can share the love of Christ. You know, that one person who is like the word of God every single day, you can always count on that one person. Right, that person's great. Um, you can always count on the person who's gonna say all their feelings in the world on Facebook. You know, just looking at Dr. Phil, there's a person who feels like they are their personal CNN, um, telling you everything that's going on. Facebook is great, but Facebook can also be terrible, right? And it's one of those things we talked about it. It's just, you know, if Facebook is an extension of who you are, whether or not you want it to be or not. It really is an extension. Social media, Twitter is an extension of who you are. So if what you're putting out, if who you're following, if who you're retweeting, you know, has language in it, that says something about you. 
you know, you can't take it back. It's out there. It's out there forever. If you post a picture and you're like, oh, I wasn't there, Pastor, but everybody else was drinking. I'm just sitting in the back. You know, I'm ministering. Well, I mean, (laughs) you know, again, I'm I'm single, too, and I'm looking, but there's certain places I won't be looking, you know, and, and with social media, people do look and people do watch and people make assumptions, you know. If they see, you know, the pastor's wife, she's out at, let's see, where can she be at? If she's out at Target, where's she at? Where's she at? (laughs) No, if she's at some party and to where she didn't realize there was something inappropriate there and she leaves as soon as that happens, but there's a picture of her leaving, but they didn't know what happened and you have a guest come in and they were there, they have no clue what pastor's wife was doing. And it's not her fault. However, you've got to be careful of where you are, what you're doing, and what you're putting out there, and what you're presenting. Because people are looking. People are looking. And you may say, oh, it's not a bad thing. However, if it's going to cause somebody to stumble, do you really want that on your wall? Do you really want that in your news feed? Absolutely not. So technology can be great. YouTube and Vine and videos, again, it's what I do. It, it, they're fantastic things. But... If, you, if someone can't tell by your social media, by your page, by your profile, that you're a Christian, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. If they say, oh, I didn't realize that person went to church. I didn't realize that person was a citywide. Or worse, that person went to citywide. Oh, Lord. I don't know about that. I can't deal with it. Not happening for me. I don't want that in my life. You've got to be transparent even in technology because that will mess you up. And it's so very, very important. Even so far as texting or calling, you know, I don't mind text messages every once in a while, but some things are better handled over the phone, like ring the dial, whatever you got to do, touch tone, pick up the phone and call somebody. Because if I have an issue with someone, I was texting one of my leaders the other day and something got out of control. It was just miscommunication through text. And we stopped it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just handle this tomorrow before service, we're all getting, and everything was fine. But because we kept going through communication through text, things just got almost really, really bad. And the problem is we don't like to deal with things. We don't like to deal with people. But unfortunately in ministry, it comes along with the territory. You've got to deal with it. You know, what does Spider-Man say? With great power comes great responsibility, right? (laughs) Sam Raimi's a great guy. But with this responsibility that we have, There's a lot of great things that come along with it and a lot of things sometimes that we don't want to deal with. But picking up the phone, having that one-on-one interaction with someone, showing them how real you are, beats any technology, beats any Vine, beats any Skype, beats any social media aspect out there. Fourth T, time. Time. So we can't even talk about any of these other three things until we put in the time with God. You know, We've got to put in the time with God. Because if we don't, all we're doing is putting out our own opinions out there. Then it's just us talking. It's not the God in me talking. It's just Josh talking. And no one ever wants to hear that for an extended period of time. But, you know, we ha- early in the morning you have to rise. What does it say in Psalm 67, I believe? It's like, early will I rise, right? So even if it's first thing in the morning, you pick up the Bible, you read the Bible, right? You start your day off right. You've got to say, Lord, I'm committing to this time. The great thing about being single, and Paul talks about this in Corinthians, is that you have a lot of time to put in and getting to know Christ better. I don't like to say I'm dating Jesus because I don't want people to think I'm dating some Hispanic man. But I like to say, you know, I just like to say that um, 
Keeping it, keeping it real. It's 100. Sorry about that. Um, you weren't ready for that one. But I just like to say, I just spend time with God. I put it on my calendar. There are certain times phone goes on airplane mode. I'm just like, me and God are spending quality time together. You know, when I'm traveling, I was like, look, I'm going to buckle the seatbelt next to me. Jesus, we're just going on a road trip, me and you. Like, we're just going out. I'm just talking to God. I'm not saying, dear Heavenly Father, but Abraham, Moses, Methuselah, Noah. It's just like Jesus. Like, and he is all those things. He is all those things in one. He is all that. But I just say, what's up, God? How you doing today? You know, did you, did, you save, did you save anybody today? I know you did. Let's talk about what I'm going through. This is the way I need to work through things. And I just, when you spend time with God, everything just gets a lot clearer, a lot clearer. And you're able to kind of say, all right, I know how to respond to somebody when they talk to me on social media, when they try to mention me and throw shade on social media. I know how to handle that because I spent some time with God today, right? Everything goes back to that. And I have my lovely, beautiful mask that Pastor Philip decided to blast me on Facebook with. It's a beautiful mask. Um, I got that the other day with, there was this restaurant experience called Dining in the Dark where you eat with the blindfold on to raise awareness for blind and visually impaired people. And the great thing about it was, besides the fact that it was free, was that the waiters <laughs> would have to tell you, hey, the fork's on your left, the drink's on your left, or they would tell you where everything was. And I had to put my trust and this wait staff that I never even met telling me where all the food was so I wouldn't get it all over my clothes. And so I wouldn't mess things up. And the great thing is that we have to know the Father's voice if we're going to know where to go, right? And how do we know the Father's voice? We have to know the Father's voice through time spent with him. And the great thing is all we have to do is have the blinders on and just following God. We don't have to be blindfolded because we are not serving a God who is hiding we're serving a God who's boldly saying, I'm right here the whole time. We just have to spend time with him. And we have to say, God, I love you. Because we can't speak love if we don't know who first loved us. And so we've got to say, Lord, I'm spending time with you. I know your voice. The fork's on my left. And here I am, God. I'm following you. And so also with time comes spending time with our team and our relationships. I don't ever want to work with someone who I don't like and who I don't enjoy. Right? Professionally, I work with the best people in the world. I work for myself, so it's really, really great. Uh, it is just the best. Um, national Boss Day was fantastic. Uh, can't wait for National Assistant Day. It'll be just me. But um, when it comes to a team, you want to work with people who you love and respect and trust, even if you don't like them all the time. Right? You want to work with it, but that comes time. You have to put in forth the effort because relationships don't come easy. I'm sure some of you have been married for a long time or even for three weeks. Relationships are not easy, right? But it just takes time. You know, because we can't expect for visitors to keep coming back if we don't put forth the effort, if we don't put forth the time to getting here on time, which I know, again, for some of us is a little more difficult, myself included, right? It takes, you have to get up. You have to wake up early. Again, you know if it takes you a lot to get this mug looking right, Wake up early. Go to bed earlier, you know, or get the regime working a little quicker, you know. Some of us need to spend more time there so we don't scare people away when we get to church. But that's none of my business. So, anyway. um, But if we want people to keep coming back, if we want our team and if we want our church to grow, right, which I know that we all do, it takes time and it takes putting forth the effort over time. 
And with time, I know you want to give up on people. It's so easy to give up on people, especially in ministry. You want people to be consistent, and sometimes they're unreliable, and sometimes they're just out of position. And as in ministry, you have to figure out, and as a leader, how can I best use someone and not get frustrated with them? It just takes time. When I work with clients, I have to over-communicate, and I hate over-communicating with people. But it takes that over-communication and that patience to do that. It's like, no, I did not say that I want boys and girls to ride together to this certain event. No, that's not at all what I said, all right? I want them separated. Do I need to repeat that again? It's little things like that. It's like, no, we're going to hold the door open for people today, no matter how cold it is, wear your scarf, again, try to cover up whatever you got to, but we're going to go this extra mile for people because they deserve it. It takes time. Ask questions. Encourage people. Build into their lives. We've got to do that. Because if my mom taught me one thing, there's, there's more than one way to say something. There's an okay way to say something, and there's a better way to say something. <laughs> There's always another way you can say something. Because if you say, whew, you're looking rough today. You know, I mean, you say, you know, Eric, how's it going? Everything okay? Everything's good? God loves you. Bless your heart. You know? <laughs> bless your heart. You know, and Eric's like, he really cares. Wait a second. He just said, bless your heart. Wait a second. You know, sometimes we slip up. Sometimes we slip up. But the great thing about us not giving up on other people is that, thankfully, God never gave up on us, and he's not going to give up on us. He will never give up on us. The problem is sometimes we give up on ourselves and we give up on other people, but we've got to, got to, got to put in the time to influence other people because we are only one person. So if you're in charge of a ministry, if you are involved in it, you have to look for ways. How can I duplicate myself? How can I be, how can I stretch? How can I just expand my vision? What can I do? How can I get people involved? Because owning a business, having a ministry, when you have that vision we talked about, it's so big and it's so grand. You get frustrated. And as when you're over a leader, I mean, when you're a leader, you just get frustrated sometimes not knowing if anyone will ever get this. Will anyone ever get this? I don't understand why I'm on this island. I'm waving at people, and they're just waving back, thinking I'm saying, how you doing? And that's not at all what I'm doing. I'm sending out the SOS saying, I need help. But sometimes people don't know how they can help. And with that, again, comes time. So to wrap it up, like I told you, I'm not long-winded. We have to put in the thought, right? We've got to think about things. And we think we got to be completely transparent, completely clear, and say, God, I need you all the time. You know, I was telling them earlier, there are plenty of times where I get in the car, and I, and I tell God, I'm honest with Jesus, like, Jesus, I'm not happy at all. I'm not happy at all. Um, it's like, God, I just, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But I mean, if you want to do this, I'm going to stick with you. But I don't really like what you're doing in, right now. Um, at all. But through that perseverance, there's something at the end of it. One of the great stories that I love, um, and I was mentioning uh, Pastor Furtick put it this way, was, you know, when they're Battle of Jericho, and they were going around seven times, and what just happens is they stopped on six, right? And you can't stop on six. You can't stop at that last time. Dealing with teenagers, I know that sometimes they're frustrating, right? You just want to wring their heads out, and you just, you just, you just want to do a lot of things, and... Um, but you can't stop. That's time. 
as being real. You let them know the experiences you went through. You let them know, hey, this is the way I get it. I understand that technology is crazy for you. I get it. It may be more than you can handle, so I'm going to take it from you until you can handle it, right? I understand that your busy schedule with basketball and everything else, you can't study and you can't focus. That's fine. We're going to take that away, and you're going to focus more on God because as they're under your house, it's your responsibility to make sure these four T's kind of help them out, you know, because sometimes they don't understand what's going on in their minds. They got so many other things to worry about with their minds, so therefore it's like, I'm going to help you out a little bit. So I'm going to focus you just a little bit more, and we're going to get this together because I want to see you be fantastic. I want to be, see you be that son, that daughter of Christ that I know that you are. I want to see you follow and trust God because you are so much more than what you may think. And so technology and time, we've got to put forth the effort because communication is very, very important. It's key. It's crucial. It's clutch. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Lord God, you're awesome. Thank you for this time together. And we love you. Amen. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, well, that's awkward. Uh, Amen. There you go. Amen. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Amen. Put your hands together for my friend, Josh.